Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. In honor of Pride Month, the Startup Canada podcast network is celebrating the contributions and achievements of LGBT plus entrepreneurs. Join us as we chat with LGBT plus founders and support organizations who are challenging the status quo to build a more inclusive world. On the show today, we're thrilled to have entrepreneur and soccer champ, Rachel Rapino. Rachel won the NCAA National Championship with the University of Portland. She's played pro soccer in Europe, and she's now pursuing her passion for the health and fitness industry. Leveraging her degrees in life sciences and health and exercise, Rachel went on to build Rapino SC, a top performance training company and lifestyle apparel brand, along with her sister, U.S. soccer star Megan Rapino. After working for the University of Portland's women's soccer team as head performance coach, Rachel co-founded Mendy, M-E-N-D-I, a cannabis sports brand offering pain management to all athletes. With her network of influential athletes and passion for competing, Rachel shapes Mendy's products and business to help athletes stay on top of their game using nature's best tools. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate you having me on. You're in part of my story. <laughs> Fantastic. And it's and it's an amazing story. So we're, we're pleased to be part of that. Just to get things started off, to leap right into uh, sort of the takeaways, what are the top pieces of advice that you hope entrepreneurs will take away from this conversation? How can we convince them to sit down and listen to this podcast? Well, I mean, I would say, you know, if you can learn from people's past mistakes, it might save you a little bit of headache moving forward. So that's like the number one thing. If you can just sit through at least 15, 20 minutes of this, learn from many of my mistakes that I've made in the last 10 years or so, then hopefully I can save you the, the heartache and the headache in the future. That's the hook, I think, for this show. That's a great hook. Tell me a mistake. Let's jump right into it. We're going to jump in. I mean, you know, I think most entrepreneurs would all agree that it's really hard. It's very difficult to build a sustainable, successful business. So, you know, you, you got to be willing to put in the work and the time and the blood, sweat and tears, which I don't think that's going to come as a surprise to many people. But what I also want to say is you can't do it alone. I don't believe in the concept of being self-made. I think you have to have help along the way and you do get help along the way, whether it's your business partners, your employees, your contractors, your partners, your, your family, your friends. I mean, there are people in everyone's orbit that ultimately do help us all get and achieve the goals that, you know, we aspire. Um, and that's really important, you know, discerning, you know, where to seek the help and, and who to bring in at the right time. 
that ultimately is based on the entrepreneur and their uh, the maturation of their business or the industry. But just knowing that it's okay to ask for help, it's okay to get help, it's okay to, to say, I don't know how to do something. Um, I think that's the part, the, some of the hard learnings that I had is maybe I was a little bit too prideful or too, feeling too insecure to ask for help when I should have um, or brought you know, there were times where I brought the wrong people in. Um, and so, you know, those were some very hard lessons as well. But I think the bigger, I think the point I'm trying to make though, is like, y- you do have help along the way and it's okay to ask for help along the way. Uh, that's uh, tremendous advice. It's interesting what you said there, partly through sort of insecurity and partly through pride, mm-hmm. you might have tended not to ask for help. So those are two very different things. <laughs> commodities on the scale, and yet they both lead down the wrong path, either being too humble to ask for, for for help or for being too proud to ask for it. It's true. And ultimately, they're both part of your ego. Um, and we all know an ego, you know, ego is a spectrum of things. It's not just the person who, you know, can never admit when they're wrong or maybe who's overly arrogant or overly uh, confident. It's also the person who maybe is struggling with some insecurity or self-worth or whatever, who's doubting themselves. But ultimately, it's your ego. As much as you can, put your ego aside and just make sure that you are getting the answers and the help that you need. And even though it might feel really vulnerable and it might feel, um, you know, it, it can be difficult to, to ask questions when you feel like you should know the answer, you know, unless you ask, unless you do it, you're never going to know. Yeah, well, that's, that's great advice. So thank you for that. You've been a coach. You've been an athlete. Now you're an entrepreneur. Sometimes entrepreneurs have business coaches. Do you have a business coach? I have... I have a lot of people in my orbit. (laughs) Um, You know, obviously I have my friends and my family who are wonderful. Um, I have some incredible business advisors and investors that have been with me now for a couple years. And then, yeah, I have, you know, some counselors and some therapists along the way that kind of help with some of my personal stuff and making sure that that's not being jumbled into my business. And, you know, because it sometimes can be difficult to separate the two because, as an entrepreneur, it does become your life. It becomes so embedded in the fabric of your identity and who you are. And so separating the two is always really helpful. But yes, to answer your question, Rick, in a long-winded way, I do. I have I have a lot of um, incredible people who have been on the journey long before I was around and have been able to impart a lot of wisdom on me. But excuse me for disagreeing with you. But it sounds like you don't have a business coach, someone who is you're consistently accountable to. No, I don't actually have a business coach in a, in a traditional sense. And I wouldn't expect most entrepreneurs to because it's, it's a big investment of, of time and energy. But on the other hand, you've worked with great coaches. You've been a coach. So, so, so do you think that there's a role that, that coaching sort of a formal coaching program has to play for entrepreneurs? Definitely. I do. And I, I think the inhibiting factor for me is, is time when you have a, whether you're a mentor or a mentee, you, you definitely want to come to that relationship with a sense of purpose and making sure that you're doing the work to, to get the things out of it that you need. And so I just haven't had the time, especially with this journey with Mindy, to really carve out to make sure that I'm, you know, respecting the coach's 
time and skill sets as well to get the most out of their expertise. And then also part of it's money too. I mean, it, it does cost money unless if someone's listening and wants to coach me for free, <laughs> I, I will be, I will gladly accept. Um, so yeah, I would say for me, it's been, it's been time and money, but, um, I absolutely think if you do have the time and you to really like dive into that relationship and, and get, um, and put, to, put down some goals and try and like take steps towards those goals as an entrepreneur and you have the money to do it. Absolutely. There's a place for it. Okay. Let's talk about Mendy and tell me just a little bit about your journey from soccer player to entrepreneur. You know, Mindy, Mindy has been a part of my life's work. Um, I mean, I just, just before this, I sat down with the next NFL guy and he, you know, his body's beat up and he's, he's looking for something healthier and he's heard about this hemp and cannabis whole thing, but he doesn't want to just throw stuff in his body. And so he wants an expert. And so we just sat down for an hour and a half and we, you know, kind of commiserated about all of our injuries and the stress and the anxiousness that goes in with playing a professional sport and the pressure um, and how to cope with that. So, I mean, this is my life's work. I, I love science. I love uh, human connection and community. And ultimately it is my passion to help people tap into their best self. And pre Mindy, it was through exercise and movement and kind of health and wellness. Now in Mindy, it's still that, but it's more about what are the things, what are like the little things that we can put in or on our body every day to kind of help with these like everyday wins to make us feel better. Um, and you know, and, and replacing maybe some of the more harmful medications that we've all been exposed to as athletes, whether you're a pro athlete or a weekend warrior, we're all exposed to at least some sort of over the counter med or sleeping aid usually. And unfortunately a lot of us are exposed to opiates as well. So, you know, it, this is just, this is just a part of my life's work. And even post Mindy, I'm sure I will continue to work in this space of helping people, you know, tap into their best self. Right. That That's, that's very cool. It, it, I read that you were sort of a reluctant convert to the idea that CBD has a role to play for athletes and health. Is that true? Well, you know what it is, Rick? It's because I, we all grew up in, well, I don't know about Canada, so I don't want to speak for you Canadians, but in the States, you know, we, there was a heavy war on drugs. And so I grew up in the just say no to drugs era. <clears throat> and I grew up with that image of like the fried egg frying and that's your brain on drugs. Do we all know what that image, do you guys know what that image is? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. We, 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 we get those TV stations up here. Yes. So I was just deathly afraid of cannabis because I was told that was the gateway drug to bigger and harsher things. And my brother, there's a lot of addiction and alcoholism in my family and my brother. So my sister, Megan and I are the youngest of six and we have a brother who's five years older and he has been a hardcore heroin addict for the majority of his life, unfortunately. And it's just completely um, taken over his life. And it's been very painful to watch that. So as a young kid, that was my idea of drugs. And I just kind of looped cannabis into all of that. And it wasn't until years later, I'm talking like mid or late twenties, even where I started seeing athletes use cannabis products. And it was the first time in my life that I had, I was seeing this outside of like a party or stoner culture or whatever, you know, uh, whatever the other stigmas are with cannabis. And that was just a real, shift for me. That was the beginning of the shift. And as a science person and as someone who loves, you know, uh, 
sports science and physiology and human anatomy, I just became very intrigued with what it was that they were feeling and why it was benefiting them. And so then I started using it and kind of through the self-discovery process, I definitely noticed within a couple months of using this stuff consistently that it was really solving, it was solving for real problems that I was experiencing. And if I was experiencing that, I'm sure so many other people are. Right. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? I mean, feel free to stop at whatever level you're comfortable with. But, you know, what were the, the, we often ask an entrepreneur, what were the problems you were trying to solve? It sounds like you had some aches and pains that needed to be managed. Yeah. I, you know, I would say the, the biggest, the three most noticeable buckets for me that, that I realized fairly quickly that it was improving was my just general mood. So like stress, anxiousness, being an entrepreneur, I'm sure everyone can agree. Like it's, it's very stressful and you have a lot of pressure. There's a lot of weight, um, to carry around, especially if you have employees and investors. And so I would just be very anxious, like starting my day, if I would had some big meetings or pitches or investor calls. And so kind of right away, I noticed that if I took some CBD or, you know, full spectrum hemp or whatever in the morning, um, I just felt calmer throughout the day and it, which then helped me focus. So it kind of reduced the stress, reduced the anxiousness, and then ultimately improved my focus, taking it as a kind of post-workout anti-inflammatory pain management tool, both topical and ingestible. I've had four knee surgeries and ankle surgery and sometimes they flare up. So taking our full spectrum lotion or using our salve stick or using our massage oil, rubbing that into my joints and sore muscles, I noticed an improvement right away. And then for sleep. Um, and I would say sleep is probably the, the first benefit that most people notice when they use these products. Um, we, there is an epidemic for sure in the United States with sleep deprivation as well as stress and anxiousness. And so these products and the benefits of these products are, are becoming so helpful for like the mainstream consumer. Um, but sleep was definitely a benefit that I noticed pretty much right away. And then without going into too much detail too, what I, what also I noticed when I started using this stuff consistently after a few months, my over the counter med use decreased by about 85%. And especially, you know, during your menstrual cycle, you know, you get some cramps and you'd pop in a, an Advil or an ibuprofen. And since I've been using CBD, I hardly ever use that stuff anymore. So that was something that was like pretty extraordinary for me. So it sounds like you had um, a real revelation in terms of discovering how to treat uh, uh, your, your, your moods and pains. But how did that turn into saying, hey... I'd like to start a company and, and put a brand around this. Well, I love brand development and brand strategy. Um, I worked at Nike and, and brand soccer for a short stint before going back to, to grad school. So I, I think building a brand is very exciting and very intriguing. It's essentially, you know, it's the heartbeat of a company. So if I, you know, as an entrepreneur, I always want to make sure that there's some sort of like brand development that's being developed, you know, along with a clear product lead. So Mindy was spawned out of a need. I mean, I have a deep personal history to, um, to pain management and to injuries and to, to opiate use and, you know, seeing a lot of my athletes reverting to cannabis derived products to help with their pain. I mean, it's really, for me, it's about, it's threefold. It's about 
giving people a much healthier alternative to feel better and to tap into their best self in a healthier, more sustainable way. It's also about protecting our pro athletes and protecting our collegiate athletes and our high school athletes because high school and collegiate athletes are 50% more likely to misuse and abuse opiates than non-athletes, which is, you know, if you think about it, there's a lot of high school and collegiate athletes in the world and all of them, the statistics say that they're 50% more likely to misuse this stuff and, and get addicted to it because of their injuries at a young age. Athlete health empowerment and destigmatizing this plant in sports is a huge motivating factor for us. Like I said, I had a I met with an ex-NFL guy this morning and like he has real pain. He has real problems every day. And, you know, if our stuff can help athletes like himself feel a little bit better and, you know, feel like they can manage this stuff for the rest of their life, then that's a win for us. And then the other portion of it, too, is just creating equity in a, in a fairly in a historically, you know, racial um, uh, industry. And you're seeing a lot of, you know, the black and brown communities or LGBTQ communities or female communities kind of being pushed out of the industry as this big money's coming in because who controls the money, you know? So it's also making sure that that equity and equality is continuing to be at the forefront of this industry. We're not just like pushing everyone out. So, so that's really interesting. I'm, I, I don't quite understand this, this part. So as sort of we go, as CBD becomes more of an industry, then we're seeing the, uh, the, the, the big Eastern syndicates come in and take over. Is that what's happening? Well, yeah. I mean, the, the cannabis industry was really built on the backs of, of, of our black and brown communities. You know, they were the ones growing and kind of tending to the plant. Um, but you're seeing that they're not necessarily the ones reaping the benefit from it. Obviously they're getting incarcerated at rates much more high, much, much higher than white counterparts. And then typically, you know, they're not the ones reaping the financial benefits of this multi-billion dollar THC and hemp industry that's happening here in the States. And so I think it's important for entrepreneurs in this space to understand the history of the racial discrimination and the propaganda that began years and years and years ago and to work towards, you know, making sure that, that we're, we're creating an industry that's equitable for our, for the future generations. That's so cool. Tell me a little bit about Mendy right now. Um, how many employees do you have? What, what sort of product lines are you involved in and what are your, uh, your biggest challenges currently? Man, well, I'll answer the last one first. The challenge is this dang pandemic. Oh my gosh. It has, it's put a number, uh, on retail. Um, but you know, Mindy, Mindy's doing great. We were always more focused on driving our D to C business. So we didn't have a big wholesale business and keep in mind too. I mean, 2020 was our first full year in market. So we're still a very young business. Uh, and our main, main concern right now is driving consumer loyalty and athlete credibility. So that's kind of our main focus. We're actually about a week out from kicking off our Olympic campaign, which is our first like true campaign, which is, well, actually by the time this airs, it'll be kicked off, which is really exciting. Um, but we have six employees. Uh, it's myself and my co-founder, Brett. He were the, were, were the, the two owners of the business. Um, he's our chief creative officer. I'm the CEO. And then we have six other employees. Uh, I would say 80% of our supply chain is being sourced here from Oregon, which is something that we're very proud of. 
because um, Oregon grows some of the best hemp and botanicals and terpenes in the world. Um, so we're sourcing right out of our backyard. Um, and in terms of challenges, like I said, I mean, the pandemic's been tough. Building a business in a global pandemic for year one, I mean, mic drop. Like, do I even need to say anything else? Like, it's it's tough. Uh, luckily though, we did close a small kind of pre-seed round right when it hit. And then I'm actually raising money right now. Um, and we're, you know, fairly close to closing, uh, our seed round, which will give us a two year runway, but you know, raising money in a pandemic, uh, growing a brand in a pandemic when there's no like in-person activations to do, um, you know, it has its challenges, but the entrepreneurship is not for the faint of art, right? <laughs> No, definitely not. Uh, sort of like pro soccer, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, pro anything. Yeah, exactly. It's like the 1%. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the, the, the product lineup. You've got oils and gels. and. Yeah, so we, we have a suite of recovery products, um, you know, ranging from consumables with our gummies, our, our gel capsules, and then our day and night tinctures. And then our topicals consist of a cream, a shea butter cream. That's more like a post-workout cream. We have our salve stick, which can be applied pretty much any time. And that's like, you know, don't have to worry about the greasiness and the gooiness uh, of getting it on your hands. And then we have a massage oil, which has like a, a heat activation component to it. And so that really helps post-workout or at night to loosen up the muscles, open up the muscles, get that CBD deeper into the dermis. And then we have bath salts as well. And we have four different scents of bath salts. And then we have a small merchandise line um, with some apparel and some travel kits and some hats. And then we're launching an entirely new category post-Olympics in the fall. Holy cow. You don't, you don't think small, do you? No, we're going for it. We, we want to be the most trusted cannabis sports brand globally. So we got, we got some big aspirations. We definitely, you know, we, there's some big competitors that we're going up against, but we like our odds. Well, and what does cannabis sports brand mean to you? Does that mean you're in sort of as many aspects of sports related lifestyle as possible? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we will have a THC line rolling out in 2022, but essentially we want to be the, the, the trusted sports brand selling and creating and innovating cannabis derived and all naturally derived products to provide pro athletes, everyday athletes, anyone with a, with a strong sports tie that's really looking for that like credible source, a place to go to, um, to not only educate themselves, but to know that they're getting very trusted, third-party tested, all natural recovery products, and they don't have to worry about some of the the, the gray area that's been going on uh, in the industry historically. Right. And tell me a little bit about uh, how do you come up with all these products? Do you have a, a lab in the basement there where you're you're putting formulations together and developing bath salts, among other things? Yeah, I mean, some of it, I mean, we work with great uh, production partners, you know, we have a few different manufacturers that we work with, and they all kind of specialize in their one thing. Um, and they all have chemists and they have product formulators and developers. And we have an incredible sports scientist, Don Moxley, who's been with us since day one, he's been doing cannabis research and applied sports science research with Ohio State University for over 35 years. And now he's, he's doing his own thing now. And he works with a lot of different companies, formulating products and researching products. And so he's been, 
he's been pretty integral in our product formulations. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. It takes a community of people and, but ultimately, you know, it's, it's trusted partners, um, that have kind of helped us formulate some products. And then, in, you know, some of our products like the gel caps and the gummies, um, that's just CBD we don't formulate it with any other botanicals or super or, uh, nutraceuticals. Um, those are really, you know, gummies are the best selling, um, product in the market. And so we wanted to meet that demand for consumers and gel caps are a great alternative for anyone who doesn't want sugar in their system. Um, so some of it's just consumer behavior, but yeah, we, we formulate with, with a lot of chemists and our sports scientists. But it sounds like you're doing some of your own product development and also sort of finding best of the best other products and bringing it into the, the big Mindy umbrella. Yes, exactly. We, you know, the way, the way we, it has to have a clear benefit. So we'll start with the, what's the benefit that we're trying to solve for, come up with some ideas and then take it to a manufacturer. And sometimes they can do it and sometimes they can't. Um, so sometimes we're a little limited there, but, uh, we work with great manufacturers though, for the most part, they've been able to deliver everything. Right. Um, I've, I've seen the word sort of recovery, uh, a lot associated with, with with this, um, there's sort of pain management, but then is recovery a different thing from that? And do you have a solution there? Recovery just essentially refers to how quickly are you able to recover from the stress that your body had the day before? Usually, you know, in terms of sports science, it's like that sh the physical stress of training and the sweet spot is how quickly can you recover for the next bout of training or for the next competition? But, you know, that really can be applicable to so many different people and their work life. You know, I mean, sometimes recovery is just about how, how well can you sleep that night? If you're getting eight hours of, of sleep, that's more in your REM sleep, then your number, your recovery numbers are going to be much better than if you only get four hours in your REM sleep. Um, how well can you recover from a really stressful day of work, you know, emotionally. So taking care of your mood and your, your stress and your anxiousness. So yeah, it can kind of be applied to a lot of different things, but essentially it's like, how well can you recover from whatever stressor has just happened or is happening in your life, which, you know, a lot of people are under a lot of stress. I know I am. Right. I have to ask you, and this is not a scripted question at all. Um, is, you know, I'm a believer in sports and how important it is for development of healthy minds and healthy bodies and fun and everything. But the, the, if, if the level of sports that, that people are competing at is so harmful to them, do we have to look at that as well as recovery management on the far side? You know, the honest answer, <laughs> I mean, I took in, in grad school, I took a biology of aging class. And one of the most interesting takeaways from that class was the more stressed our cells are, the less they're going to replicate, divide and replicate, which is, you know, what you want. Cause that's, you know, cells die all the time and you need to be able to divide, you know, be able to replicate them. And so the more stress that we put on our bodies, all the running, all the working out, all that, um, is actually not great for us. <laughs> and that was one, that was like a very interesting thing for me to learn because, you know, it's, it's kind of this sweet spot of, you know, workout in moderation. Like, is it actually really good for you to be a pro athlete? You know, long-term, 
actually on your body, it's, 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 a, it's very difficult. It's very hard for your body to withstand that. And of no course, one warned though, us, warns us in, in high school about, no. you know, cell division being affected by, uh, by that level of competition. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's a really interesting thing when you really sit back and think about it. No, it's not good long-term for your body to push it to the absolute limit. Um, it just creates more oxidative stress and it creates more, you know, molecular cellular stress. Um, but you know, there's things that you can do to combat that. And obviously I don't think professional sports are going away anytime soon. So companies like Mindy, you know, we want to provide products that can help with that kind of stress that can, you know, cause withstanding that load for any athlete, um, it's going to hurt long-term, short-term, acute, a chronic stress, you know, like it's, it's definitely going to hurt. So what are the things that you can do every day to help mitigate some of that stress? A, I'm very impressed. You really are a pro in the way you handled that question and brought it back around to Mindy so well. Um, and, 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 and I, and I, and I, and I totally buy it. Um, what is the level of, of, of still stigmatism around uh, the product, around the CBD products? Do you find that you're still sort of pushing water uphill to promote these products? Or do you think you, you're, you're reaching a point where it's an accepted, legitimate marketplace? I think that we are still in a transition. I think that we're not quite at the tipping point, but we're getting very close you know, we're about to embark on the first Olympics where athletes are able to use CBD products to compete, compete on the world's biggest stage. That in itself is incredible. If you look back at how far we've come, um, there's no question of buy-in, in my opinion, from athletes. It's really the governing bodies and the decision makers, you know, these leagues, these, uh, um, pro franchises. I mean, it's, it's really the, 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 the tipping point is going to be when they finally decide to just lift the bands. Um, but the, um, from an, a pure athlete perspective, you know, there's some level of educating that I need to do definitely. But once they start taking these products, I mean, you see an immediate impact, immediate positive impact. So it's, it's by no means from an athlete perspective, they've been using this stuff for a very long time. And there's, there's, there's a big desire for them to have a public relationship with these brands and to really just be all in on it. Um, of course they're just, you know, they're scared because of the, there's a lot of leaks still that have these bands out. So I would say it's definitely more from a league and governing body perspective that we just we still need much more of the buy-in and the support from them. Right. And are you able to sell directly to teams and schools and things? Is that a market for you? Well, we are creating <laughs> one. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't say a whole lot. I mean, yes, there are definitely some pro teams that are buying from us. Um but, you know, they, they don't have a, that's not public. So uh, I can't say a whole lot, but yeah, I mean, it's, I'm talking to a lot of, um, head performance coaches and trainers for various, um, sports. And there's a, there's a ton of interest. There's still a ton of educating to do. And I'm excited for more studies to come out to really just point to like 
controlled human study results. There's a ton of white paper data. I mean, we've been studying this plant for decades. Um, it's just the problem is it's not a controlled study that's backed by the medical community. So more of those studies are coming out, which is really exciting. So I, I just, it's really just a matter of education. Education is the key to progress. So once we get more, more tools to armor ourselves with, um, I think we're definitely going to see a massive tipping point. And I've heard there's, there's rumors and I don't know if this is true, but there's rumors that the FDA is going to be rolling out some rules and regulations, uh, at the end of this year. So, you know, that will help tremendously. And when on your strategic plan do hockey teams come into, (laughs) come into play? (laughs) You know, hockey actually has been fairly progressive. They've kind of been at the forefront of using cannabis products and they partnered with a company up in Canada, Canopy Growth, to do a study with, I think it was like a hundred retired players to test a hundred retired players who have had some pretty like massive head traumas and concussions to test the effects of uh, cannabis and how they're feeling and, and the mental effects of that. So I actually don't know because we're not so much entrenched in the NHL. So I can't say for sure where the where the bands are with the NHL. But God, I just I want to imagine that they're going to lift soon. A number of pro sports and teams um, are you know, testing their athletes for marijuana. Do your products, I think they're made primarily of hemp, do they, are they going to ring any bells, set off any alarms uh, if, if athletes are using them? You know, ours, ours wouldn't um, more than likely. You know, we have two hemp lines. Uh, we have a CBD isolate line. So there's over 100 different cannabinoids. CBD and THC are the two that people talk about the most. They're both in the marijuana plant and in the hemp plant, but hemp is legal in the United States. And for something to be hemp, it has to have 0.3% or less of THC. If it has more than 0.3%, it's considered hot hemp, which would be marijuana, which is a state-by-state policy. So ours are hemp, fully legal in all 50 states. We have our our CBD-only line, which again is just CBD isolate. So that definitely would never show up on a test. Um, And then we have our full spectrum line. And you know, Rick, I was just telling you this, I, you would have to take so much full spectrum hemp. And even then, I, I don't even know how that could pop on a test with 0.3% or less of THC. But I would, I do encourage athletes, if you're playing in a league where you have fairly strict THC policies, be careful even just taking full spectrum, because technically it does have trace amounts of THC, although the likelihood of it popping might be really small, just for like a your mental and emotional peace of mind, just be aware of that full spectrum hemp, even though it is legal, it does have trace amounts of THC in it. Right. You mentioned earlier that uh, the cannabis industry is very much wound up with the the histories of black and brown communities uh, in America. And uh, you're a queer woman involved in this industry. I'm wondering if equity and inclusion are important to you and whether you think that by dealing with individual product manufacturers and everything, are you able to, you know, maybe build some some partnerships with uh, minority-owned, uh, uh, diverse suppliers, and uh, and able to help them with economic development? Yes, I mean, I think to answer your first question, yes, it's it's very important for me, um, and I think you know a lot of people in marginalized communities have been saying this for a long time. Is like if you start with the most marginalized, then 
universally, it's just going to benefit everyone. And so I just think that that's a mindset that a lot of companies should really start to like unpack and educate themselves with, because if you protect, if you protect the most marginalized person, then by the, its very nature of that policy, you will end up protecting more people. Um, and so as you, you know, build your culture partner with different manufacturers or just different, whatever brand partnerships, cross promotions, athlete partnerships, you know, I mean, all of that, certainly for us at Mindy and I'm sure a lot of other companies like that's, those are all ways that you can create equity. And those are all ways that, um, you know, you can make decisions through a more diverse lens. So certainly like our manufacturers, you know, they're not all male owned, which is something that we're really proud of. We have, you know, a couple of different manufacturing partners that are female owned, um, which is not typical in the cannabis industry. So, um, certainly it's been a priority for us. It's been a priority in, um, our athlete partnerships and just making sure that we're telling a diverse and broad story, you know, like not just telling the same story of the same athlete, um, and how they got to the world's biggest States because everyone's story is different. And that's really what diversity is. It's just really about telling the full story. But creating this sense of inclusion and empowerment so that we get more people, you know, seeing themselves reflected in the culture and in, uh, you know, people, the, the ranks of people who are doing things and hopefully uh, encouraging them all to get involved and, and, and to find out what their limits are. Yeah, exactly. Bringing them along with us. So then there's a seat at the table, which then allows for opportunity, which then allows for financial stability. And we all know that the more financially uh, stable you are um, and autonomous you are or successful, you know, whatever, whatever word. Um, it, that just opens up so many other doors. So yeah, I mean, it kind of all, uh, is, is a ripple effect. It all connects to each other, but, um, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, bringing as, as many diverse people into the fold of your business as possible, inevitably is just going to help the com your community. Can you tell me about some of the things that Mendy might be doing to, to create inclusive and equitable opportunities for the queer community? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it starts with representation, right? I mean, I'm a queer woman, um, uh, and that is definitely something that I haven't seen a lot in the industry, at least in like this sector of the industry, the kind of sports athlete focus hemp sector of the industry um, is, is quite different. Um, so that's number one is just representation and, and doing podcasts like this and talking about it and writing articles. And then, like I mentioned before, you know, there are so many different ways that we can um, create a more equitable environment around us just with our partnerships, just focusing on, you know, making sure that we're not partnering with the same people, with the same demographics, you know, again, that's the opportunity thing, giving people the opportunity to bring them in the mix so creating wealth for them. So then that can open doors for their business and they can employ more people. So again, it's that ripple down effect. And then, yeah, you know, employing, uh, you know, a diverse culture. And then also, again, with the athlete partnerships and team partnerships that we do, um, we want to make sure that we're telling, we're amplifying their stories and, and telling it in a way that is authentic to them. But again, it's also about like celebrating diversity and celebrating representation along the way. I would hope that most of our listeners, um, you know, share your passion and, 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 uh, and, you know, the great advancements that we're making in 
promote in recognizing the need for in- inclusion and diversity and and making these opportunities possible for people. Do you have any thoughts on how other entrepreneurs who, you know, want to be allies, want to be part of the story can get involved in helping marginalized communities? Well, there's a t- yeah, I mean there's a ton of different wonderful organizations that are doing this work. So, you know, Mindy is a brand, right? Like we're not a nonprofit. We're not an advocacy arm where we don't write legislator, but we can support other organizations that are doing that. And so that's, that's one way. I mean, there are a lot of incredible organizations that are working for trans youth or, you know, LGBTQ homeless youth, or, you know, empowering our black and brown communities. Um, I mean, you name it, like there's organizations out there. So I think getting in touch and in supporting them, whether it's financial resources, whether it's mentorship, whether it's like volunteering your time. I mean, that is something that like anyone can do at any time. And I hope uh, I hope more of us will. I think that's a great thing. Uh, In a recent interview with Bazinga.com, you mentioned our relationship with the world is a direct reflection of the relationship with yourself. I'm wondering what that means to you in terms of, you know, your journey uh, within the queer community and otherwise, and how this relationship with the world influences the way you run your business? I think what I meant by that is oftentimes we get caught up in our own stuff. You know, it's that ego thing again, whether it's, um, whether it's, uh, insecurity, self-doubt, self-worth issues, or, or overconfidence areas, whatever it is, like, you know, all of us have, have an ego and it gets pinged sometimes, but I, I, I do think it's important to understand, just like this quote says, that um, it's not what you see in the world and in the, the stories that you're telling yourself. Sometimes that's not always true. Um, and it's, it's important to kind of like unpack that as an entrepreneur, but also just like as a human being, because there's so much happening around us. And it's important to like really get to the root of who we are and get to the root of our ego. Um, so that way we're not just taking that and projecting it out into the world unnecessarily. Um, and so I think that was the kind of the point that I was trying to make there. Um, did I answer your question? (laughs) I think I'm getting off track now. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I think you did. It's, 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 it's a really interesting way of looking at the world and, and it certainly helps us if we can, get out of our own heads and see the world as it is and see the things that we've left undone and that we can, and the opportunities we have to do better. So I think that's very exciting. Tell me what's the best advice. This is the last, very last second, last question that I'll ask. What's the best advice you ever got from a sports coach that you think would apply to an entrepreneur? Just go for it. That's not advice. <laughs> well, it, I mean, I would say, you know, don't wait for things to be perfect. You got to go for it. If you wait for perfection, you might miss your opportunity. And things don't have to be perfect in order for you to launch a company, in order for you to get into a certain market. I mean, we see this all the time. You know, the Apples of the world, the Nikes, the Microsofts, the Amazons. I mean, they their companies reiterated several times and they had they launched a lot of products that failed but it's your failures that ultimately lead to successes which i know we hear that all the time but that's actually true it really is i mean if you don't fail how do you learn you know how do you reiterate how do you make v1 2 and 3 how do you learn from you know your consumers um so i i do think it's important although failures 
um, seem really scary. And, you know, of course I'm scared of failing all the time, but that really is where I, you know, develop my character and develop my grit to continue on. And that's where I learn. And that's how I end up succeeding the next go around. So I know it sounds not like advice when I say, just go for it, but really just go for it. <laughs> okay. Th- th- actually, that's the best answer. Yeah. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? So, you're so going to fail. You're not, yeah. you know, you're going to, you're going to yeah. live. And it's interesting you brought it back to failure because that's basically what we started talking about at the very beginning. Um, as an athlete, um, if you fail, um, you know, something dire can happen. You can let someone get by you who goes on to score a goal, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, if that happens, then you know you're going to be scolded on the replays for for, for the next month. Mm-hmm. Um how does a, a an athlete recover from a mistake like that? Well, Rick, actually, that's I love that you're asking me this question because what I was just going to say was I, I think it's the athlete in me that allows me to keep getting up and moving on because you're so you you make so many mistakes over the course of your career, so many missed passes, so many missed shots, so many missed tackles, you know, miss one v one attempts, whatever you fail all the time. There's so many things that you're doing wrong in a game, but it's that mindset of, you know, getting up and and going after it again. I mean, that really is like when you, when you talk about what separates the 1% versus everyone else in terms of like athletes and, you know, from high school, college and professional, it's, I think, one of the biggest separating points is that when you get to the professional level, those athletes have an incredible ability to forget their mistakes and continue moving forward and continue striving, you know, reaching their goals, going for the Olympics, whatever the case is. So I, I really think that it's the athlete in me that's gotten me this far because I have so many mistakes that I've now hindsight, you know, I hopefully won't make again, um, but so many learnings, so many really hard learnings in my entrepreneurship career. Um, but ultimately, you know, I'm going to keep getting up and I'm going to, I'm going to keep reaching my goals because that's just kind of how I'm wired. I think that's a great way to leave it. I, 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 I love the way you, you say that and forget your mistakes and keep getting up and keep moving forward, I think is, is tremendous advice for any entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So Rachel Rapino of Mendy, thank you so much for a great conversation, for blending the worlds of LGBT plus and cannabis and sports and entrepreneurship. And uh, I'm very impressed with the work you're doing. Wishing you tremendous luck and and good fortune going forward we will follow your career with great interest and we hope to talk to you again thank you so much rick i really appreciate you guys having me on and hearing my story i hope i didn't talk your ear off (laughs) Uh, startup canada thank you have a wonderful day everyone and follow along www.themindyco.com Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.